First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. It's Fox Top 5, the podcast where the hosts always agree to disagree. This week on Fox Top 5, Fox News political analyst and co-host of The Five, Juan Williams. These guys are the soundtrack of our lives in so many ways. And co-host of the Tyrus and Tim podcast, Tyrus. You know, at this point in my life, I'm, I'm no longer uh, young in, in terms of like wanting to be in the front row and stuff come together to share their top five concerts. Here are this week's hosts, Juan and Tyrus. Welcome to Fox Top Five. I'm Juan Williams, Fox News political analyst, co-host of The Five. Today, I'm joined by my buddy, my friend, Mr. Tyrus, co-host of the Tyrus and Tim podcast. Real quick, man, I just want to say how much of an honor it is to be on with you today, sir. Uh, thank you so much for uh, doing with, this with me. And I recently caught your Muhammad Ali documentary. Man, phenomenal. Just oh, unbelievable. So- the, the, that, I, I never knew much about that, uh, that relationship. And uh, wow, just outstanding, sir. Well, no, that's a, that's a wonderful part of my life. You know, I'm approaching a birthday, Tyrus, and I got to tell you, you remember things like, you know, famous people who you had a good relationship with. And you also remember the top concerts yes. that you ever attended. <laughs> That's why you're the best in the biz, boss. Don't you right, segue. So, Let's do this. All right. Every week on this podcast, you know, Fox hosts, reporters, personalities like Mr. Tyrus uh, and me get together to share their top five of any given topic. Doesn't matter who you are, where you're from. One thing that I think brings us all together is music. Unfortunately, we haven't been able to gather for live music lately due to the pandemic. So today, Tyrus and I are here to reminisce about our top five greatest concerts that we've ever attended, ever attended. So, Tyrus, I'm going to take you in the time machine, take you back to your youth. Maybe you were a teenager. Maybe you were a young man before you had a baby. You know what I'm saying? Right. Number five. My first, my first concert obviously has to be in the top five, and uh, I was 13, and my mom made me go to a Bruce Springsteen concert with her, and uh, I was dragged, literally dragged. I was too big to be, but I did not want to be there. Uh, I was not really into the uh, Bruce Springsteen music, but by the second song, uh, I was just blown away by the crowd. And what real uh, rock and roll sounds like, and uh, Clarence on the saxophone uh, inspired me so much that I literally joined the school band after going to that concert because I wanted to learn how to play the saxophone. So my wow, yeah, it was a Bruce Springsteen's concert. And do you remember where it was? Or oh yeah, oh yeah, it was in the uh, it was in the LA Sports Arena. Man, you know, mom can take you on some good trips, Tyrus. Yeah, just you know, when you're when you're 13, you're trying to do your own thing, and then mom's taking you to a concert, and you're like, I don't listen to that, but. Um, it was it was a really good experience, and uh, Bruce Springsteen's voice was uh, iconic. It was pretty cool. I imagine that was a good time. 
I think, you know, so is that your number five? That's my that's five. Me. Yep, that's my five. Well, let me give you my five. My five, I'm a little bit older. I guess I was in my, uh, at that point, I might have been like 30. I was 1987, and I was in Boston. I was writing a book, uh, a book on the history of the civil rights movement. And one Friday night, some of the people I was working with, because this the, the book was called Eyes on the Prize. It's also a TV show. It became a PBS TV show. Um, and some of the people there said they had an extra ticket for a Miles Davis concert at the Opera House in Boston. And did I want to go? And I was like, eh, you know, I like jazz, but all right, I go. And the Opera House was, it looked kind of rough and shaggy, like it had seen better days. And here <laughs> comes Miles Davis, and here comes a bunch of guys. And, you know... He's in his own world. I don't know if it was drugs or alcohol. I don't know what, but he's in his own world. But nonetheless, it's fascinating because he's so incredibly talented and the people around him are so impressed by him that it just makes for a different world. I've never been to any other concert like it. I can't say it was a great concert, but man, is it a memorable concert? Because obviously, for better or worse, that was Miles Davis. Yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, I can't even, I don't think there's a word big enough for me. You can't say legend or iconic. There's got to be uh, something else for that. Number four. You know, it's funny when you said Opera House, that takes me to num- my number four because uh, mine uh, went on a field trip uh, in high school and we were going to an opera. And again, uh, I didn't listen to opera and I was like, it was in Italian. Like, how am I going to enjoy this? And uh, we get to the opera house and it's very like you sit on a balcony and you look down and the people come out and they just start uh, singing. It was Italian opera. And uh, I, can't, I always botch the name, but it's um, the sad clown opera where it, basically he assumed his wife was having an affair. And so he plotted to kill her uh, because apparently that's how you handled your domestic issues in back in the day in operas. And. What she was doing was she had gotten a second job to try to help with bills in the house. And, of course, it leads to this great uh, crying clown scene at the end. I believe it's uh, Rigatoni. I think Rigatoni. But anyways, I was hooked with with opera after that. To this day, uh, you cannot uh, shun me from a good opera. So uh, I really enjoyed it, and I was just fascinated by how uh, people the, the sounds that could come out of people's mouths and how long they could hold a note. And I was just, it was just, you get caught up. And even though I didn't speak the language, I understood the story and was even emotional at the end when he was, when he was uh, crying because of course he had plotted, he had killed his wife to only find out that uh, she was, she was doing everything she could to help him. So it was, uh, I was like, damn, sorry, man, that's messed up. But, uh, yeah. but you it know, was great. I, I, I got to tell you what they do here in, uh, well, in the U.S. these days is they have like a teleprompter, Tyrus, that translates the Italian into English. And it has such a revelation for me because previously I, the language was a barrier. Although, as you say, you know, you can get the story if you just watch the actors perform but and sing. But the but now to actually have it translated, really, I love it. And it makes me much more likely to say yes to, a, as you call it, I call it opera, but you called it a concert. Yeah, it was a concert. It was. Uh... All right. So my number four, Tyrus, trying to keep up with you here is I was, this is a story. 
But the, the bottom line is it was a Simon and Garfunkel concert. It was like 2003. And they were just getting back. They had been separated. You know, they they, they broke up. And this, they, this was called the Old Friends Tour is what I recollect. And it was the first time they were back together. And they were just outside New York, uh, Atlantic City, the... Uh, it's like a convention hall. They're very old, but I think it's called Boardwalk Hall. And um, I'm, I got to tell you, I went there to gamble. I was uh, there on a rainy night. I think it was a rainy Friday night. And I'm walking along the boardwalk on the way to the casino. And uh, a guy comes over and he's like breathing hard. He says, man, 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 I got a ticket. I got a ticket. Uh, you want it? You want it? I'll sell it to you. I, the concert started. I'll sell it to you for half price. And I'm like, man, I'm going. I said, you know what? Simon and Garfunkel, why not? Okay, sell me the ticket. So I buy the ticket. I'm soaked. I walk in. The concert's going on. And let me tell you, I was transported, Tyre. It was incredible. You know, I mean, to hear Bridge Over Troubled Waters, the sound of silence, um... You know, it's just, you forget, these guys are the soundtrack of our lives in so many ways. You don't even necessarily need to be a Simon and Garfunkel fan. You know the music. You've heard the songs. And in some cases, you can sing the lyrics to the songs. They are that pervasive in my life anyway. Um, That's a great point. But a lot of people, because you get caught up, I only listen like when I was in my youth. Only listen to rap. Only listen to West Coast rap. You know, you, you get caught up in these macho uh, BS, like I don't listen to this, but music is music, and good music is good music, and it doesn't matter when you're by yourself in the car, you're listening to all kinds of stuff. And um, Simon and Garfunkel is a, a great band, and when you do go to concert and you just kind of just enjoy the show, you you bec- you're exactly right. You become you don't realize how much music uh, affects your life and, and your moods and. Sometimes you got to play a song to get in a good mood or like, you know, for me, for, you know, for sports, we were always had a song to get you hyped before the game. And, you know, you almost couldn't do it without it in, in some cases. So, you know, I, I completely get it. You know, you, you forget that you're getting rained on. You forget that you worked all day. You forget you just bought a ticket from a scalper. You forget all that, you know, because you're just enjoying the concert. So that's that's pretty cool. You know, and uh, let me just tell you one other thing I remember about that concert was, as I said, I hadn't intended to go. I just walk in and, you know, the concert's like, you know, already started. They'd done the first songs and introduced each other. As I sat down, I looked around and said, I think I'm the youngest person in this place. What the hell is going on? But it was a Simon and Funko reunion. I guess they, Garfunkel reunion, and I guess they, you know, the audience was very old people. That's who the audience is. Like they say today, you know, the the best-selling artist are really selling to people who are in their 70s, you know? And it's funny, but you stop and think about the Rolling Stones. You think about, you know, people like Tina Turner. uh, And you say, well, these people are, even Bruce Springsteen that you mentioned earlier, these people are all in their 70s themselves. Well, they don't lose fans. They just continue to grow, you know, because their music is generational. The countdown continues after this. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, 
you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Number three. Iris, your turn for number three. Okay, so I'm bodyguarding uh, for a rich guy who decides he wants to go to a Def Leppard concert. And uh, I, I get there, and it's an outdoor concert, and he decides that he wants to be uh, front row. And it's like a standing room only kind of concert, right? And mm-hmm. he's like, hey, I want to be in the front row. And uh, it was me and a couple other big uh, bodyguard friends of mine. There was uh, three of us, and I think the shortest one was me, actually, is 6'8". The other one was 7 foot, and the other one was 6'10". And he, he's like, I want to be in the front row. So, you know, make an arrow and get me to the front row. And we were late. So we cut through the entire crowd, didn't make a lot of friends that day, Uh, and then we set up a perimeter around him, like a little half bubble, so he could stand in the front row and and watch Def Leppard. Well, I had heard Def Leppard maybe as a kid a couple times, but as the concert went on, I stopped watching the crowd that I was being paid to watch and kind of just like turned my head, and before I knew it, I had already turned all the way around, and I was just enjoying the concert. It was was so good, like uh, when I got done with it, literally... A lot, a lot of those songs, I'm like, I didn't know they sang that. I didn't know I sang that, to your point. And then when it was out, I was literally on my on my phone looking up Def Leppard on uh, iTunes, buying every album they had. Because I wow. just, I was like, wow, this is really good music. You know, and uh, so it's funny how much music affects you. Because even though I didn't necessarily know the story of Def Leppard, a lot of their songs were already in my head. So when they came out, I was like, what? This is them. Like I was, and it wasn't just me. We got these. We got three giant brothers surrounded by and aging. Uh, we call them the stoners. In uh, when I was growing up, like the diehard long hair, and most of their hairs had thinned out. You know, it wasn't the same. You know, long, but they were still all. You know, they had the, their British cutoff shirts on and like you know their bandanas and their head banging and all that stuff. And I was like, wow, this is this is crazy. But by the end of the night was over, man. I was a I was a diehard Def Leppard fan. Still am to this day. Wow. So that was a moment. Yes, it was. Wow. Well, for me, number four really takes me uh, again back to Las, this time Las Vegas, another gambling center. I was not as heavy into gambling at this point in my life, but uh, it was a Rod Stewart concert. And it was a last minute thing where the tickets went on sale. The concierge said, hey, do you like Rod Stewart? I said, hey, I grew up listening to Rod Stewart. I really like Rod Stewart. He said, well, There are only like 250 seats in this place. And he's doing a thing where he's doing American standards. You know, this was a point where he was transitioning, I guess, trying to become Frank Sinatra or something. Right. right. And uh, and he says, you want to go? I'll get you two tickets. I can hook you up. I said, well, yeah, why not? You know, I'm out here. I'm just playing around. So off I went to this Rod Stewart concert. And the thing about it, Tyrus, was it felt like I was in a living room with Rod Stewart. I mean, it it, it was unbelievable. He, he had a big band behind him. You know, it was like a Sinatra, Tony Bennett type setup, you know, with the big band right behind the singer. But, you know, when he starts doing some of the stuff that I know him for, you know, Maggie Mae, I mean, to me, it was like, this is wonderful it was like my childhood dream you know because i just love rod stewart and to see him there and into it and feel like it's a very select small group of people it was awesome i've only been to one other thing where i felt like 
I'm standing here and the musician's standing there, like, you know, like right. three tyruses away, you know, yeah. <laughs> right there. It's, a, and, it's uh, like you're part of the show. Well, yeah, but it felt like almost like it was a show for me. You know, yeah. I, I don't know how to tell you that. It, it was, you know how you were describing Def Leppard and the, the, the passion of the audience that people were getting into it. And it just, you know, even when you were talking about that first concert that, you know, you didn't know Bruce Springsteen. You didn't really want to be there. But then the crowd draws you in and it becomes a communal experience, you know, Tyrus? Yep. And in this case, it was the opposite. For me, it was like, it's just me and my pal, Rod Stewart, and he's singing to me. It was like, you know, if I was a girl, I might have just flipped out, man. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, the only other time that I can remember something like that was I was at a restaurant here in Washington. And the owner of the restaurant said to me, don't leave, don't leave. And I said, why is that? And he said, don't leave. I said, okay. And in walks Stevie Wonder. And I thought, wow, Stevie Wonder. And then he brought him over. We said hello. And he sat down. And then a band comes in after Stevie Wonder, a bunch of musicians with their instruments. And then pretty soon, Stevie Wonder starts singing in this little restaurant. I was like, what the hell? This is unbelievable. I never get invited to things like this. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> you know? that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, I, I still think Shaquille O'Neal has the best Stevie Wonder story ever. Uh, they were in the elevator. Yeah. They live in the same apartment complex. And one day they're in the elevator and Shaq didn't say a word. And as Stevie walked out, he said, good seeing you, Shaq. And uh, <laughs> Shaq just kind of fell out like, he. how do you know it was me? But um <laughs> Now we're getting in the nitty gritty, man. We're at our top two. This is the the top our our super super concerts. Now for me, uh, this one was most my most recent concert that I went to. Uh, I was going to a Pacquiao fight in Vegas, and uh, my wife decided to surprise me with Guns and Roses tickets, and it was their first reunion. And um, you know, at this point in my life, I'm I'm no longer. Uh, young in in terms of like wanting to be in the front row and stuff, and she's like, "Well, I can get us front row seats if you want." I said, like, "Oh no, no, no! Just someplace in the back we can just enjoy the music and be able to leave and get back to uh, our hotel room. I don't want to walk through people like I've officially become an old man." And um, there was the first reunion of the whole band um, in quite some time, and of course, in Guns N' Roses fashion, you know they're an hour late, and I literally was about to leave. I'm like, you know what? Let's just. You know, these guys are late and, you know, I just it's getting late and I got to fight tomorrow. But uh, they showed up and uh, Axl Rose had broke his foot the night before. So he was sitting in a Game of Thrones uh, chair for the whole concert. But once they got going, you know, then at one point I was like, man, we should have been in the front row, you know. But like, it's funny how you 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 get caught up in your own stuff. But it was a great concert. And, uh, you know, I'm glad I waited, but I, I really enjoyed it. All right. So here we go. I guess I'm down to number two, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So my number two is uh, I went to a Prince concert in New Orleans, and it was the 20th anniversary of the Essence Music Festival in New Orleans. And they had been trying to get Prince, I think, for 20 years. And finally, he agreed to it, realizing the Essence Music Festival had become quite a platform. So it was Prince. And it was Shaka Khan. Now, oh, Shaka wow. Khan, I would just go to a Shaka Khan concert, yeah, but Shaka yes, Khan is the opening act for Prince. And man, they they put it on. They they had they they pulled out, as they say in the music world, they pulled out all the stops. And the crowd was, you know, you talk about black women. 
I it was unbelievable. And people oh. dressed up, you know, people like dressed up like they're going to uh, a ball or the club. Oh, it's a it big deal. Bad. I live I live in Louisiana and the the whole city stops. Uh, we stop for two things, Mardi Gras and Essence Festival. Those are the two biggest uh, events. And it's all it's all about music and stuff. Number. 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 Number one. Five, four, three. Number one. This is the most non-musical number one concert of all time. But my number one concert, I am in Perth, Australia with Snoop bodyguarding this is his first tour in australia after being banned from the from the uk for some stuff that went down uh, a few years earlier at an airport and uh it was uh bone thugs in harmony ice cube and then snoop now i am a diehard ice cube fan i uh, from day one when he left nwa i went with him like ice what? cube is one of is my favorite i think he's one of the greatest lyricists that we've in all of all of music, I don't think he gets enough credit for it because he's his own guy and he never signed. And another thing I love, he never signed a, le- a record label deal with anyone. He's he's self-made, which is just amazing to me. But uh, I, I'm on stage for the, you know, for Snoop. I stand about 10 feet from him while he performs the concert. So uh, I'm kind of used to all his songs. But when Cube and them came out, uh, I kind of snuck out in the audience so I could watch because I'm a, a, a fan. But uh, and it was great. It was this great moment. Now, earlier in that night, Bone Thugs and Harmony were so late that they started the concert without them. So, you know what I'm saying? And so Ice Cube concert goes down. It's great. Then now I'm on stage for Snoop. And out the corner of my eye, here comes Bone Thug. And he's like running with a microphone. And I'm like, what? And his manager's trying to stop him. So I have to stop the little guy. Like, hey, what are you doing? He's like, I'm late for my duet. I'm like, bruh, you and Snoop don't have any songs together. And he was like, <laughs> he was like, but baby, I'm bone, 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 bone. I said, I know who, who you are, but it's not your time, bruh. You need to go, go, go your ass back down them stairs and so uh you know he went down there and, and then i went back to the concert with snoop looking at me out the corner of his eye going what's going on i was like never mind but that was the most i got to enjoy a concert i got to work a concert and i got to kick an artist off the stage to me that was my greatest concert that i've ever been at oh and more importantly a brother got paid to be there so yeah you know, you know that was an awesome story yeah, I was I winning. i'm telling so here's my favorite uh I was at a restaurant having dinner and someone came over and said, you know, would you like to go to a Lionel Richie concert? He's coming here tomorrow night out to Wolf Trap. This is in suburban Virginia outside of Washington, D.C. I said, I'd love to go. And off I go. And he has a meet and greet. So my wife and I are there, take some pictures with Lionel Richie. And then I think, you know, it's going to be fun. It's a nice evening. Wolf Trap is outdoors. I mean, that's what, it's a national park. And so it's an amazing kind of setting for a concert. Lionel Richie comes out. And Tyrus, I got to tell you, it was the most amazing concert. Not in the sense of bang or boom or loud, but just in how many songs you know that are sung by Lionel Richie. Paul, I mean, uh, yeah, he's phenomenal. He's one of the greatest of all time. His body of work, it's just incredible. You say, oh, damn, I forgot about that. I forgot about I just, wow. And he just keeps going. He's sweating. And he's he, still you know, going. He's still going. That's a fact. He's still on his way, man. Brother looks good. I saw him in American Idol. He looks, brother looks good. I mean, he's just doing his thing. Well, well Juan, man. you know, I don't know anyone that's going to be able to ever top our, our top five. 
you know, I just, I don't, I, I just don't see it happening. And it was an honor to be on on uh, stage. I still think you are the hardest working man in this political business. And uh, every day you come to work and bring it. And I think that uh, is just inspirational and awesome. So I'd like to thank you and uh, thank everyone for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, at foxnewspodcast.com. Let us know your top five. You've been listening to Top 5 on Fox News Podcast Network. I'm Tyrus, the legend one. Enough said. <laughs>